One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but it's not later. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. They are divided For equal sequel hate and love they fight it I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive a big thank you to an inspiriority complex for providing our theme song. It is January 31st, 2022. My name is Zach Weber, joined by possibly a newly discovered Bengals fan. No, man, I've I have been a fan long enough, man. We earned this. We're there. Woo! Can't wait. Yeah. Go Bengals. Who day? And Joe Yazo. Hey, how's everybody going? And we have, the, as Russ once put it, the Porteous with the Mortius, Chris. Happy to be here to discuss Von Braun wheels and other generic space megastructures. <laughs> and we have Russ Ryan. Hello, Chris and Zanger and Joe and Zach. Thanks for having me back. For I always accidentally call the show Mando, so I'm going to let that rule today and just say thanks. It's good to talk another episode of Mando. Yes, we are talking about the Mandalorian season three pilot. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know it was possible for a third season of a TV show to have a pilot. Has that ever been done before in the history of TV and television? Because this is quite the novel thing when it comes to a Star Wars nonsense. I mean... Did we really like need I, who who was demanding we needed this? Like it's Disney shareholders. Oh, oh, them, <laughs> of course. Well, the the eighth season of the Clone Wars had a pilot. Oh, yeah, the, it did. Was that the would it be the Bad Batch? Was that considered that? Yes. But that at least was a new show. Like, think about it. like we were basically like it, this was episode one of season three of The Mandalorian, right? It has to be. Yeah, it, it maybe it's some kind of deal they made to like, look, you cannot let the Mandalorian be forgotten this long. Well, even on top of that, it's the notion of that this entire, I guess, chapter feels like two episodes like combined because the first half is obviously him like reuniting with the armorer in the Favrilorian. And then the latter half of it is him with a, a space Amy Sedaris building a ship. Like it feels like, like, oh God, what they used to do is they released like two episodes of something. I think what, what was it like Rebels and Clone Wars would do that when they would like, would like debut a new season. It would be like, yeah, the first two episodes, like they're airing back to back on Disney XD. And that's what this felt like. It was like, yeah, like we're giving you a sneak preview of Mando season three in this episode of the Book of Boba Fett. And like it makes even more sense considering that like there's seven chapters in the book of Boba Fett, an odd number, which is peculiar. Like you could again, I don't know why this wasn't like an extra little bonus at the end of the series, other than the fact that clearly Mando's gonna show up in some capacity when it comes to the finale of this season series, whatever we want to call it as of now. 
I feel there was enough stuff hanging around and going on that they needed to kind of address what he was up to. Because if you just had him show up, I mean, this answered a lot of questions. Like, this wasn't an episode of Mandalore. This was a Mandalore episode. It had a lot of Mandalore in it. Get it? Get it? And Zander looked, that, looked directly into the camera when he said that. I, I, I looked down, just straight down the bell of that camera. Uh, no, I mean, it, it, I, I, I loved everything about this episode. Like, I, I, I was joking earlier. I'm going to continue to joke now. I show on VH1, best week ever. I think I'm having it. Bengals won. Fantastic episode of Book of Boba Fett. Fantastic episode of uh, Peacemaker. Gotta say, Really ranked up there last week for me when it comes to um, television and stuff. So def- can I just real quick say, uh, don't watch Peacemaker with your kids. Yeah, don't like do that. Seven, because I did that. And uh, anyway, uh, show Very, them the see a lot more John Cena's body and other parts that you didn't think you would see. Russ, is show it true them, that uh, Wookiees have teeth in their uh, butts? <laughs> yes. I can't believe I was that close to a ride. Have you ever seen a Chewbacca? Zanger's about, about to have an aneurysm. about to have an aneurysm. Because I'm like, I was gonna say, I'm like, nope, I don't want to be the person to talk after that. Um, but no, I mean, it this this was a phenomenal episode. We got a ton of stuff in this episode, and it was a true, in my opinion, love letter to episode everything good about episode one. If we just had Darth Maul somehow showed up, it would have been perfect. I don't know how, but. Darth Maul shows up to uh, tell Mando to bring the ship to Dathomir. Yeah, it would have been a perfect episode. It was a great, it was great. Now allow the rest of you guys to raid on this parade. Go for it. Well, okay. Okay, okay go. Okay, Zenger's clearly happy with it. We'll save the typical naysayers for last. Russ, what did you uh, think? Chris, Chris and Zach, by the way, are the typical naysayers, which will they'll have the same opinion, nod at each other, agree, and shake hands. <laughs> Chris is my proxy. If that's not blatantly clear when I'm not involved with this, like, I don't know anybody ever truly understood me. But, Russ, what did you think of Chapter 5, a.k.a. Season 3, pilot episode of The Mandalorian? Okay, so as far as this episode, uh, I really, really love the beginning. I feel like the end parts with Peli, they built, it just took a little too long. Like, we've seen Mando build ships in, in montages already. This seemed a little more extended than that. But some of those, that opening walkthrough scene, I got to say, I I recently had become a sucker for those Star Wars walkthroughs that we made fun of for like, why does this exist? Why is this on Disney Plus? But I kind of really liked the landscape ones and that and that whole long scene of him going through that club and going through that elevator and showing like this wheel that they're on, the halo or whatever. That was great stuff. I mean, I was just pulled into that feeling. It did look like some kind of... um, it looks like some of the things we've seen are like the cancel Boba Fett game or something like kind of stumbling around a place like that. It, a very, very cool intro. The end was a little longer than it needed to be. The end was a little bit longer, you said? I guess the building part, it just felt oh. so long in this. I mean, it was cool and all, but. But he has to earn. He has to earn that they built that. It has to be earned. It can't just be given. All right, Joe, what do you think of season three uh, Mandalorian pilot? I think they put it in there because if they put it in as episode one of season three of Mandalorian, they're going to be like, well, this is out of sequence. True. So this way he could actually start on his, his journey to, you know, 
I'm thinking next episode is going to be him seeing Grogu. Ooh. At least half the episode. Or are they going to save that? I don't know. Are they really going to do that? Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? How is he going to is is he going to be back in the fold of this uh, this Boba Fett season? They can't just become just Mando now. I'm going to quickly say they're going to they're going to they're no den next episode. He comes back for the final episode. That's my prediction there. Does he come back alone? Oh, man. Yes. No, because it was pointed out that the droid part was hollowed out. Why? That is the perfect spot for Grogu to fly in. Yes, in the Mandalorian season three. <laughs> and he's already got side missions. What he has to go to the 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 shimmering waters of Lake Mandalorian or something and bathe himself in there. There's Unless it's going to be another building episode where he sitting there and recruiting the muscle that he needs, and then they have they have a way of going to season two of the Book of Boba Fett. There's a lot of different things that they could do. They could drag this thing out for a long time. You saw what Fennec Shannon, Fennec, whatever her name was, robot lady, um, Mulan, going to get the Mando. And then the next episode, you're probably going to see Boba Fett going after and seeing his old bounty hunter friends. And then it's going to allude to a big battle at the the last chapter. I don't think it's going to be, you're going to see you're going to see Mando in the last episode. I don't think you're going to see that battle. So you think they're going to save the big climax of this for another season? Yeah, I think Ooh. so. It's going to be building and building and building. I did like the 18 montage of them building the, the fighter. That was pretty nice. And call back to the 80s. Except there's no explosions. People like flying out everywhere. A lot of droids, though. We get, I think Pelly yeah. has just become the official merchandising droid collector. Like, if you can make a thing of a droid, she has it. Now, she she, she never did have the little Fallen Order guy before, right? Nope. Well, that's, okay, this is a question, though, I was wondering while watching this. Is that, like, clearly she has R5, and we all know, like. Jedi Xander's, droid. Yes, yes, Force-sensitive droid. Thanks who fell us. on the Who fell on the sword, so uh, R2-D2 could go with Luke Skywalker. Is there a chance that's the real? Okay, I almost said real. Is that BD one from Fallen Order? Like, is there a chance like that's Cal Kessis's actual droid, and she's become like this wayward home, like Ross was saying for like lost droids? Yeah, she's got Treadwell too. Famous droids only. Yes, famous <laughs> merchandising droids. Like BB eight's gonna be there. Well, I guess well, maybe. Mm, well, well. Well, BB hasn't been built yet, right? Like BB units really aren't. No, thing. nope. It would have been built by now if we follow the um, um, Shattered Empire. No, not Shattered Empire. Um, the 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 book series, the, the trilogy of yeah, em, Empire's End. That was the third uh, the, book. What was that? What, what was that called? Chris, uh, Chris. It's Cr- Chuck Wendig. Chuck uh, Wendig. Speaking of disgruntled authors, <laughs> I got nothing. Hold oh on. Oh my god! Aftermath, Is Aftermath that... trilogy. Uh, Aftermath trilogy. Star Thank Wars. You, Thank uh, you, Zanger. Life debt. I Aftermath. Didn't and... I didn't have to use my phone. I want everyone to know that. And um, where's the other Empire's one? End. Empire's End. Em- Empire's End. No, okay. they're 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 mentioned in there. As something that they're that's being worked on and something that exists. 
how strange is that you know like this know. book that's set like five days after the battle of andor we just invented bb units that will play a key role oh, in no the- no <laughs> 30 years here's, to the date here's the thing that they did with um with um aftermath that book series was a shotgun they loaded that with so many story threads they could pick up later and just blasted it into a canvas and said, well, we'll pick up those when we need to. Because they threw a wide net hoping that something might stick because there's stuff involving Vader's lightsaber. There's stuff involving Thrawn. There's stuff involving um, Snap Wexley really liking and loving droids and a old... Um, old um battle droid and everything like there's so much stuff that that throws out there and none of it's picked up for the most part but it's it's there if we need it it's there if we need it and then i guess all the stuff going on with han and leia because luke is nowhere to be found that entire time because i guess somebody else had the rights to his story isn't it funny that bb units were invented and luke was already a dirtbag uncle like five minutes after the battle of endor you got it. What? What is that? What, what do you mean with their bag uncle? Like he's just disappears right away. That's what I meant. He, like, it, that was not the whole thing though of like his story, like post like Return of the Jedi's. Like he goes to like seek answers about the Jedi Order. Like that was with the Battlefront Two campaign. Yep. That was like some of the weird. Like what was it? The um. Oh God! They made it into like a manga eventually, where it was like the comic book Skywalker. It's called a comic book. God dang it, Zach. Yeah, you know, it's just a sort of retroactive justification for um, the, his usage in The Force Awakens because he was too distracting when he was a larger part of the script. Yes. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Now I got to remember how to play Fallen Order. Well, okay. Okay. Get us back on all this. So what do we think of the fact that like, out of like, oh God, what was that episode? That was episode three of The Mandalorian season one where we had the army of not Boba Fett's like fighting the town folk. And apparently the only people that survived were the armor and the Favrilorian. Like the only ones that have survived that we have come into contact with. Well, well, from Navarro, from like the Navarro, like sack of like ones from that, like that first season. Again, we're told, I guess for the record, um, I guess we didn't really, Joe kind of gave his passive thoughts on this. Um, we'll, We'll get to Chris in a moment, but I enjoyed this. I thought it was a lot of fun, but like it, it was felt very pedestrian Star Wars. Like it did like it, it was very pulpy. It was like a little fun ride, but it kind of reminded me of every reason why I disliked season one of the Mandalorian where like, it just feels just like, Oh God. It's like Briar's ice cream level. Like, yeah, it's fine. Nothing excited about, but it's fine. It just like if it rang hollow. It felt like we're just kind of like chugging along for the sake of chugging along. It didn't have that same sort of oomph that like the latter half of season two of the Mandalorian had. But Chris, please tell us what did you think of this? It's not the BD one unit. The BD one unit has um red accents on it. This one had like gray okay. because paint clearly doesn't exist in Star Wars. It doesn't. I'm customizing mine to have yellow. That's what I'm saying. You can change it in the game. So, yeah, like I'm I'm kind of with Russ on this one. I think there was like the whole the whole first bit on uh, on the, on the I don't know if it's a ring be, ring world because you only see a little piece of it. It might be a big horseshoe or something. But um, I that stuff was great to me. You could sort of 
see the seams of the volume when he's sort of going in and out of the elevator and like something just looks a little synthetic about it of course but i i really like the style of that and i loved his sort of approach into the new covert i thought that was and like when you first see the armor that's great the armor was amazing until she started talking in this episode as far as i'm concerned why okay okay i have to dig deeper on this why chris elaborate (laughs) no don't don't antagonize them don't the 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 armor is like the dumbest character in disney star wars like she makes she makes she makes no sense at all she like she literally tells you about the tragedy of Bo-Katan. I, it's, I love how, like, Bo-Katan's, like... Because Bo-Katan's, like, 60, even though she looks 35, like, she has, like, legends about her. <laughs> but, like... But but she's like, oh, that's the... She's, you know, she's part of this royal family, and she was supposed to rule Mandalore, this and that. So he's talking... She's talking about Bo-Katan with, like, some level of reverence, even though she... Like, obviously, it's like she screwed up and and uh, didn't win the saber... The dark saber in combat. But she's... But she's not talking about Bo-Katan like she's hot garbage like say someone who might have taken off their helmet once you know I just I just don't understand her the the, like and this is of course uh, exposition armor in this episode tries to clear up a lot of stuff because you know they know they look online they're like well the nerds have been complaining about the fact that Sabine just gave the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. And we said, without thinking about that, in the end of Mandalorian Season 2, that it has to be won by combat. So we better just throw in a line here explaining why that was... That's the whole reason why. And this feels to me like they're just going to completely abandon the the sort of Bo-Katan retaking Mandalore storyline. Because this just throws that all under the bus. Like, she's not even a worthy ruler anyways. So we're not going to think about her anymore. Well, like... Something that's always bothered me since season one of the Mandalorian is the whole idea they, they've kind of changed the wording on this because originally they kept saying like the siege of Mandalore, which was the thing that happened at the very end of the Clone Wars with like Ahsoka and Darth Maul and all that. And now it's like, oh, it's the purge of Mandalore. It changed because if you think back to your Rebels timeline of Mandalore, like it was what season three where, um, oh God, Sabine gives the dark saber to Bo-Katan and you have the whole thing about that. And then like, we see the Terminator flashbacks in this, which I'm kind of dying to know what Chris thought about oh. Terminator flashbacks. Um, and, and it's like, Oh, so like we always kind of knew the empire went like nuts on, on Mandalore, but well, they went nuts enough to use actual nukes, which is like something you don't do in Star Wars. Like nu- nuclear weapons exist, but they preferred to use lasers because it didn't decimate and destroy landscape to the point that you couldn't inhabit it. So they obviously really wanted to make a point on Mandalore. Also, I'm not sure those were nukes like that's like a no. sports arena. That's like a sports arena. And it took like a hundred of them to blow it up. Also, yeah, it's like a fusion to, reactor. Also, I just want to point out that I, I currently am holding both my my Bo-Katan and armor oh to, to show Chris that I am in support of everything this had. By the way, thank you, Zach, for getting these for me. Sure. If only I knew at the time about the Bengals. If only I would have gotten Zach a Bengals, part of a Bengals jersey. Heart, you need the whole thing, man. Hey, man, those figures weren't that expensive. <laughs> um, uh, but 
but no so russ what do you think about this whole uh mandalore thing like what were your takeaways from it from the whole mandalore the mandalore of it all i do like that we got to see yeah uh, an actual fight between these guys and that's not favreau in the suit right it's just his voice right he's not Um, not doing anything huh have you seen the stature of that character would you be surprised if that was him in it just for giggles would you be considering that he's like in every spider-man movie would you put it past him like to have the opportunity of wearing mandalorian armor i mean i don't know not i I have seen pictures of the actor he's got like a very strange mustache from what i've seen so that's why i don't think it's him but i don't know i could it's much like how like we don't know i would imagine like pedro pascal was not in this episode at all like based on what Chris has told me and like how like his schedule is kind of all over the place and some of the like body movements of Mando did not match up what we've seen in previous episodes. I'm just like, yeah, this is one of those times where I think it's kind of transparent that it's just like ADR. Hmm. I, I forget his name, but the act, the stunt actor who plays uh Favrelorian is credited in the show end. Okay. Then I take that back then. It's just the voice. Okay, okay, but I, 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 I like that this is happening. Uh, but I, it was cool watching him actually wield the sword, or at least try to uh, wield the dark saber. Kind of wasn't expecting that as much. It, it seemed like uh, Gideon had a pretty good time with it, so uh, that he kind of struggled with it. It does a cool little, uh, little thing to it, and I like that we, you know, we're setting up more with Grogu. Go, what is the armor supposed to be? So they made armor for him, right? Is it just like a little chainmail vest that they make him? Like what is going on? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it's ch- chainmail like, you know, uh that that Lord of the Rings thing that Bilbo gives Frodo. It's going to be something like that, a little pathetic little chainmail thing. Ah, uh, I think a mithril armor. It's a chain, it's a necklace for his shifter knob and the razor crest. Ah, uh, I like that one actually more. Any, anything other than chainmail would looks just so damn ridiculous. I think that's what it would be. Like they can't put anything on his head. It has to be some. It has to be something they can merchandise. It has to be something that you can then go to buy on shopdisney.com or or somewhere. It's it's got to be a piece of merchandise. Grogu toys already had the sort of Mandalorian logo medallion, so mm-hmm. it can't be that. So I'm thinking, I'm I'm, th- I'm thinking Russ is right. It's chainmail for sure. I mean, I hope there's something more to it than that. He's gonna look like like a little village person or something. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> dressed like he's like a bondage Grogu or something. It's be weird. <laughs> well, there's also this element too, like to get back to like if we see any more of Mando beyond like Boba Fett's like conquest in this, is like Chris. You probably remember like what late like what like summer of last year there was like a trend international poster going around of like luke skywalker helping grogu build a lightsaber and that was like officially licensed so that okay russ looks perplexed um it's it's could it be that could that have been something i don't want to say it was leaked but just like something that was just kind of coming down like the pike and we don't know like could it have importance like or was that eventually disbunked or debunked? Sure, surely you're not implying that Grogu will have a lightsaber anytime soon. Oh, they have to think of the money. Think of the money. Yo, Yoda had a lightsaber. Yoda was ten times Grogu's size. We don't know how much time has elapsed. We don't know how much time has. Jet Lucas had a lightsaber. He was a <laughs> we uh, I think we have a pretty good idea of how much time has elapsed, and it's not much. Do we? Do we? Um, the only place there is for a time jump would be 
how long did Boba Fett mess around before shooting Bib Fortuna? What? That's a great question. We don't know how much time has elapsed. We really don't. Like, like what? Like, do we really know? Uh, it, it can't be that long because the um the the oh my gosh, C- Columbo. Pilot Columbo was like, I have some questions about what happened on Navarro. Oh my God. So good point. Um, Wow. Are they continuously successful at making X-Wing pilots the lamest jerks in the galaxy? So like cope, the the guy who's been at least like, you know, it's, it's almost not funny that these are the only two X-Wing cops in the galaxy, but at no, least... No, this is a different one. The one, the other one we got is different now. Yeah, yeah. The different one is Luke Skywalker's stand-in from the last episode of season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, deep cut. But the other guy is at least we last saw him on Tatooine. Otherwise, I'd be really annoyed. Like, if we last saw him, like, on the other side of the galaxy, but now he's bothering Mandalorian on Tatooine, that would be problematic. But at least we last saw him on Tatooine. But it's still kind of weird that they're, like, he's, like, the only guy. Yeah, he's, he's the Columbo. one. <clears throat> Isn't he the one who deputized Kirisanthian Dune? Yep. Rest in peace. Was that on Tatooine or was that no, on that Navarro? that was on Navarro. Well, that was Navarro. Oh, man. So never mind. It is stupid that he's over there. <laughs> I forgot about not tattooing Navarro. My bad. You get the Chris- sand regions. Well, you know, I'm sure it's in the Outer Rim, which coincidentally is also the largest uh, ring of the galaxy since it's the outermost one. So it's really silly that uh, uh, Columbo is over there because, like, it's, it. you know, what are the chances? Have they got maybe 20 X-Wing cops that all have their own region. If they got 20, the chances are pretty good that we'd be seeing somebody new. Well, so, okay. In in defense of the show, because I was wondering this, like when I was watching it for the first time in Mando's and then the Boo Starfighter, he kind of like buzzes like the commercial transport. I'm like, man, that'd be illegal in real world. And then like he gets pulled over by the cops. Thank and- you for so much for saying that. I had the exact same thought. <laughs> when he flew close to that commercial transport, I was mad. I was like, why are they doing this to me? They're making me think about the fact that he wouldn't be allowed to do that. Well, that's the thing. And like, it, like, again, am I rationalizing it? Yes. But what it made me think of is that like, like uh, Space Amy Sedaris says, she's like, oh, the Pikes are coming in here. So it would make sense that there's commercial transports that are probably based out of like the core worlds or the mid rim that the New Republic would probably grant them some sort of like security transport. So like, I could see that happening. I, I can buy it. I can buy it. No, a hundred percent. It just shouldn't be the same guy everywhere. Oh, he, it, it's also entertainment. You gotta give them like at least it's, at what, least it, at least wait, it wasn't would, cowboy hat man. Yeah, like, I was about to say. Would you have rather oh. been Trapper Wolf? Oh God, is it okay? That that is his name, right? Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have rathered that. Yes, it is his name. Wait. I, you, you know, we should just really, you know, you're making me realize we should just be thankful he literally what didn't arrive on Tatooine on the same plane as the Pikes. Oh, how do you know he didn't? How do you know he didn't? Can you imagine if like on when it shows him just like sitting in an economy, like all pissed off if there was just pikes all around him, but he wasn't paying no mind to it because he didn't know that plot line yet. <laughs> so Best uh, episode ever. Oh, my God. Hmm. Okay, well, I guess there's a lot that happened in this episode. And I feel like we're kind of shortchanging it. Like, I, my 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 big thought on it is like kind of like what Russ was saying at the beginning. I think they if they would have, like, who who am I right? But like, I'm thinking story structure wise, 
I would have put all this oddly boring stuff of him working on a Nabu starfighter up front with the purpose of saying like, so I've, I got a rumor that the, the, the coverts established again somewhere out there, but I got no ship. So why don't I like put all that crap up front with the goal of finding the armor at the end that would have could, because that whole bit on the ring world was just so much more compelling to me. And it wasn't busy work. Like the starship stuff was like, if you don't care about Nabu starfighters, the whole back half of this is like really like anticlimactic. I disagree because there's a whole new, it's one of those things where like it's the same thing that happened like in the immediate aftermath of The Force Awakens. I think you have a whole new generation of Star Wars fans. It's gonna look at Disney Plus era like Star Wars as their Star Wars. And I think the idea of him rebuilding his ship is going to be up there. Like it's like one of those things. And I think the idea like again it's it's Probably Russ and Zenger can probably relate to it because they have kids of their own. But it's that like equivalent of like the kids are like, oh, look, Mando is like building his new ship again. And the whole time Russ and Zenger are like elbowing each other being like, that's Whoa. the thing from 1999. And and I think that's the dual layer of it, Chris. Like it's the I it's that I, we've never really even seen that in Star Wars, like a character like like rebuilding a ship in that way, like reforging a new identity. Except for the time that Mando already rebuilt his ship in a superior montage in Mandalorian season one. That because was, you gotta weird. have a montage. But, that, but that's the equivalent of like dropping a jigsaw puzzle and like putting it back together. There's a there is a discernible like discernible difference. That montage had that montage had soul, man. This one was just like, oh, let's have a flashlight gag. I don't I it I cared about the Razor Crest more than this Naboo Starfighter. I get it. Doug Chang is like when the top three people at Lucasfilm right now, we're going to put one of his original spaceships front and center. Like, cool. Um, I just like, I just don't, I just don't see narratively the relevance of like putting this at the back end after we got to see something really awesome. And that sort of had a uh, character shift for Din. It's that Mandalorian thing of what happened like in season one, episode one. Like think about it. episode one is like his entire thing. Like, oh, he's got to find the bounty, like blah, 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 blah. And then we get the like the big reveal at the very end of oh, it's a baby Yoda. And then the second episode is basically him like on a side quest for an egg. And that's what this was. Like this feels like two episodes, two distinctly separate episodes combined into one. That's what this feels like. Okay, which structurally is a weird thing to do. It is. This is so peculiar, the fact that you have seven episodes in the Book of Boba Fett and one of them is entirely devoted to a character that is not the titular one. And B, the titular character is like the first build in the credits, which is fascinating. Like I know it's a contractual thing, but still it's just funny to look at. So B- Boba's padding his own book at this point in this chapter where he's like, I'm just going to talk about my buddy Mando for a little bit here. It's a great book, Boba. I saw a great meme, which was like Tamir Morrison's name screen capped and the bottom was like Mari. And it was like the lie detector test said that was a lie. <laughs> it was good. Um, but, 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 but like if you're saying it's like two episodes combined, like, narratively structurally it's just weird and wrong well think about like probably how that like oh god first episode would end would be with him like oh god (sighs) probably with the armor telling him he's been like exiled that's probably how it would end it's be like 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 you get that equivalent of like being in like oh god high school the teacher's like did you do this thing that you blatantly did 
And it's like, yeah, I guess so. And she's like, well, you're not in the club anymore. Like that entire thing you worked for, for the last two seasons, you're done, you're out. And then like, it's like, well, how do I redeem myself? You've got to go to like the water pits on the home planet. And like, that's how the episode would end. Like that would be your. No, it still ends with the space cops. He still gets pulled over and pulls away (laughs) at the end. That happens after, happens directly after he is banished. He also gets pulled over to add insult. Yeah. Am I, okay. And also on the subject of the space cops and like the whole Naboo starfighter thing, am I the only, like. Space cops is such a thing now in the series too. Like it's happened quite a few times. Never in Star Wars have X-Wing guys have been cops. I'm sure I'm sure that like, you know, I'm going to reveal some of my general ignorance here, which is which about Star Wars isn't much. But I I didn't realize that that part of the the Moss Espa pod race course was actually meant to be Beggar's Canyon. Is that because she says that's what it is right before he flies into it? And and my mental image of Beggar's Canyon is based on Rebel Assault. Yeah, it's just a straight canyon that goes on for miles and miles, and you shoot things in it relentlessly. Yeah, yeah. And also, and also, he left from Moss Eisley, not Moss Espa, and he arrived at the Moss Espa pod race track in two seconds. But I guess that ship's really fast. So, like, I also thought that was weird. But that just, I, I mean, this is the stuff I hone in on when I'm not being captivated by the direction of the character progression in the second half of an episode it's like um technically that canyon is right beside moss espa not moss eisley so why is he going straight there from moss eisley i would imagine that like that shot from the phantom menace of darth maul like with the binoculars like and he sees what the two or three different cities at some i would imagine we're supposed to assume like all these cities are kind of like almost on top of each other that's a way more legitimate answer than I was expecting. That's great. That's that's what I'm just. I, that's what I'm guessing. Um, Beggars Canyon's one of those most like moments where I, I'm watching it. And I'm just like, I guess <laughs> it's like like they haven't ever said it wasn't Beggars Canyon. So have they said it was though? That's what I'm wondering. I'm proud. I meant prior to this. It's like oh, like Anakin's thing, like during the Boon to Eve pod race. It's like, well, they never told us it wasn't beggars canyon so why can't they i thought beggars canyon was the thing that like luke and ben kenobi were looking at when they looked over at moss eisley like they're standing over that for some reason i remember that somehow being called i guess i'm just saying if that's beggars canyon it's like too famous for luke to have been just like bsing around there and shooting at stuff like the (laughs) space cops would have come after him they were imperial back then they weren't messing around with little farm boys (laughs) exactly It sounded like a rural canyon when he mentioned it. You know what I mean? In reality, it was just a piece of throwaway dialogue George Lucas wrote in like a fever dream in 1974. <laughs> or there's a lot of beggars and canyons on Tatooine, and no one can name confused. anything. Yeah, but in this, but in this, there's literally houses like built into the side of it. Like it's not a place you should be shooting at wildlife. But like, if you, I know there's been a lot of like side to side comparisons of this footage from the Phantom Menace, and apparently those like little like carved into the canyon like side was there it's just like weirdly like we got we this we're too busy gawking it like or saying and the crowd of people like in like what stage right that we never really pay attention to that hmm. so it was a detail that was there and once again it's, it's a i think like you were saying it's a, a phantom menace stroke job for better or worse yeah, isn't it isn't it crazy that like in between this and the Mandalorian, they just basically directly screen reference stuff from A New Hope and Phantom Menace as if like 
no piece of building infrastructure has changed. Like there's a little post with a light on it that's like visible during the pod race as you'd think something to sort of guide the pod racers on track and that is still there the little post in the sand him destroying the barrier the barrier he destroyed still sitting there we also don't know if like the pod race changes like maybe different venues like maybe after like boom to eve it went somewhere else like maybe it's like a super bowl mate to bring it to zanger yeah Uh, (laughs) it is like that the N64 game confirmed it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, so didn't like played the the famous yeah. Pod Racer game yeah, for Nintendo I 64. Anakin, like I only played it on on Tatooine. After that, I'm like, I don't want to play like a world I've never seen before. I want to do what Anakin does. Um. So yeah, maybe that's. But Malastare. No, I didn't know what that meant back in the day. I'm like, what? Like, no, Tatooine. I want to play on Tatooine. Like, give me some of these other planets. But it's but it's Reese Homeworld though. Come on. <laughs> if only that mattered to me, why was uh seven years old so uh, can yeah, I, I mention green rodians hold on this is yes yes this was please a, do Ross, was a, that was the highlight this was a episode. yeah this was a highlight this was a hold on stop the presses record scratch we've been talking about this i think we're the only ones who cared to mention it every episode they keep using that orange or pink rodian or whatever constantly we finally got our green greedos back a little green greedo and a daddy greedo oh we're not the only one who noticed i like you know i can't I, you know, it's sort of, it's, I don't know if it's, uh, it's uh, kosher or not to reference uh, other podcasts with far more listeners, but I simply must quote Zingness. What, uh, I simply must quote what the hosts of RFR said about the return of the Green Rodian. They said, finally, a Green Rodian on screen in in the Disney era, as God intended. I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, he looks way worse than the child Green Rodian in episode one. They should get their act together. He talks and his mouth doesn't move. Greedo's mouth moved 45 years ago when he talked. Get your act together costume, guys. But it was nice to see a Green Rodian. They have to care first to get their act together. They have to somebody has you have to realize that like every single time we like talk about one of these Disney plus shows or whatever, or any Disney like star Wars project, I think of that infamous like whiteboard from like the higher public brainstorm sessions. Dinosaur. Like, Dinosaur. <laughs> That's what I think of. Like it's a checklist. It's, it doesn't matter if it's practical or if it works correctly, as long as they can check it off, they don't care. I don't think that's quite how this this level of production works. Okay, yes. Armorer, Darksaber, Naboo, Starfighter. It just says episode one at some point. And it's like, you scratch that off. We did it. Trust me. I think if the writing process for the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett were anything like that behind the scenes peek into the High Republic creative brainstorming session... Like, as much as I find things to complain about about these two shows, it would be a thousand times worse. First of all, none of those people have ever seen episode one who are suggesting dinosaurs. So, like, they wouldn't even reference episode one. Cowards. That's what they are. Real quick, because like I know like we've never really done the High Republic any sort of justice on this podcast. Why should we? Zanger is the only person that's ever delved into it any, like... Uh, official capacity can we just talk about the fact that like this is something that like really never took off like as a major star wars thing and yet lucasfilm has really just kept with it like it's the only thing we can think of right that they haven't abandoned when it didn't take off in a spectacular fashion 
could you imagine if they just continuously fund funneled resources into a ongoing campaign of shadows of the empire in 1996 regardless of fan reaction and everybody liked that just think of any star wars project that was supposed to be this big epic thing that they like the moment it didn't become like a super duper success instead of pulling the plug they just kept doing it for better or worse because like unleashed like that that works well after the second one everyone's like yeah we don't need any more of this like the game ends on a cliffhanger yeah we yeah, have more of this pretty big vader's, one too. Lo- vader's locked in the box hey listen that game that force unleashed 2 as much as it is worse than the first one there's more like dramatic tension and pathos in that mo- that game i almost said movie that's how there's whoa, so much more whoa there's so much more dramatic juice in the force unleashed 2 than like anything we've got since like listen this guy's like he realizes he's a clone but he's like does my or girlfriend still does my girlfriend still love me if i'm a clone oh my god that just the idea of does my girlfriend still love me if i'm a clone of my former dead self that is a deeper question than anything that's happened since 2015 I'm just saying. But what's your name, love? Ray. I'm, star- I'm staring at the force ghosts as they magically appear in front of me. Ray's hey, I'm trying to eat me. I still love the meme of, what's your name? Boba. <laughs> Boba the Hut. <laughs> oh, my God. No. I, I, okay. I guess I said to bring up that High Republican because apparently they're hyping up like phase two of the High Republic. I'm like, like we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> I'm like, we're still in phase one. Yeah, I wish I could tell you anything about it. I've saw I've seen that there is trade paperbacks out of the comics now. I I I I opted for uh, War of the Bounty Hunters uh, companion instead of the first High Republic trade paperback. I I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to say don't buy into it, but I just, it's one of those things. It was the most uninteresting. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one because it's between that and the Thrawn Ascension trilogy, which is more mind numbing. It's not. Okay. Okay. I, 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 Zanger, I think you might be, okay. I, you clearly have delved more into this than I have. But for my, like, I read, like, I've been trying to get into like that first High Republic book, and it's the problem is that it's so removed from Star Wars proper. Yeah, it like, is. you really, it's basically like this is where I'm surprised Chris hasn't tried it because like it's actual like space fantasy science fiction. Like it, like if it weren't for the fact that it had the word Star Wars on the cover, it's pretty much its own thing. And that it, it's it's weird that like it hasn't gotten the respect it deserves. Because it it's so disconnected from Star Wars proper. And the same goes for like the third Thrawn trilogy. Like it's so disconnected from Star Wars proper. Yeah, that's what it's I'm talking about. Science fiction. I don't know how honest we want to get about this, but part of the reason why I, <laughs> I I don't particularly feel motivated to delve into it is some subset of the actual authors of this content have essentially said it's not for me. Uh, that's a vibe i kind of got from it when it first came out but um i mean i think it it can exist because it's like mostly just print i mean it's all just books and and graphic novels and stuff they could just pump that out i think the same amount of people are going to buy that than anything else so they're just want that content to put out it's also that again think about star wars eclipse like that was a game that like before like twitter tried getting it canceled like what was the earliest release date for that 2025 2026 so clearly ambitious 
clearly this was something they were going to try. They were they were thinking long term with this. Like think about it. Like High Republic started the beginning of 2021, and this game wasn't going to be released until like what 25, 26. That's basically almost as long as like the existence cycle of the sequel trilogy. Like, like that's kind of like for Lucasfilm to think that long term. Again, it's the same studio that's canceled how many films, and yet they're actually again they're probably never going to see it. Eclipse will probably never see completion, but they at least had the idea of seeing something long term, which is a pretty novel concept for them. Zenger, correct me if I'm wrong, but that studio is sort of known for story games that are basically movies with yeah. multiple choice options, yeah. right? Um, uh, I was watching a reviewer for some reason talk about Detroit, which is one of the game Become Human, which was one of the games that the most recent one they did, and they said they feel like the makers of the game really want to do movies but aren't willing to do them yet. And then he's like, at this point, I feel it'd be easier to do a movie than put the effort in you have into these. They're good games. They are phenomenally good games but you're playing a movie not like not 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 like jedi fallen order which i get to i get to totally become kyle kestis <laughs> kyle katarn kaibo ren whatever kaibo calrissian yes <laughs> my uh my my point with that comment was that if it is indeed in the style of their uh, previous outings i think it would be something that could be wrapped up in terms of production, a whole lot faster than an actual video game. Yeah. I And this is the first time they're doing something within the realm of a established IP. Everything else has been their own little world and everything. So that's what I was excited about was I, I always wanted to get into their games, but it's just since it's not an established IP, I really, it takes me a while to grasp onto the world. But um. But yeah, like, like I said, the I, I want to give the next book a try for the um for the High Republic. I just due to me sitting around with like five credits available to me for Audible, I still don't have the urge to do that. And and like I said, it it pains me to say this, but the Thrawn Ascension, it's Zach, I think, described it perfectly, and he might correct me on this. In a world of everyone being Thrawn, Thrawn becomes less interesting. Because basically every one of his species is uh, pretty yeah. smart. Well, Even the lady about- at the Galactic Star Cruiser? Yeah. That's not a chiss. Oh, sorry. Jesus, Ross. We have to boot you from the call now for that. What a novice. Uh, we got to talk about that, too. We got a couple of things we got to talk about. But no, the thing, okay. Zenger's right. Like, again, I have all three of the, the most contemporary Thrawn trilogy. Um, I'm losing track. There's like three Thrawn trilogies now. Um, Non-canon, good one, and no one cares. That's still the order think they're Thra- going. To this day, I still think Thrawn Treason is like probably my favorite Star Wars. Oh, my God. I, I Baby think, Director wait, Krennic. Treason. treason that's, the, baby, that's Baby okay. Director Krennic. I was about to say is Alliance is the second one. That's, that's the Vader one with like yes. flashbacks to him and Anakin. And it kind of just Which, like, that's where Anakin basically like, like commits genocide on a city and Padme <laughs> and Thrawn just kind of like shrug at the end. They're like, yeah, that's good. They seriously just sit there and watch it happen and go, huh? <laughs> it's funny. It's really, like really bizarre way to end like a story, but it's, it's amazing. That's thoroughly in line for Padme's character. Padme doesn't care. That's kind of the most interesting thing about like Padme outside of the movies is that like, like Anakin get does all these things and she's just like, yeah, 
Eh, it could be a problem. She's like, where's yeah, that cane? I haven't been kicked in Look. a while. Yeah, she's thrown into war as a little kid. She didn't care anymore. She's seen guys with laser swords and stuff. <laughs> um, but no, like, like Zenger said, yeah, Thrawn kind of like not being unique. But there's also, okay, this is my question maybe for like, considering that we're getting toward the end of the book of Boba Fett and we really, what, the next show after this is Bad Batch, right? That's the uh, next show. It's not Kenobi or something? We're not getting anything into it. I don't it. think so. I don't think so. Ahsoka. The, the rumors on the street is that we, we might be getting a Kenobi premiere around May 4th. Somebody I read that somebody like did the math on that for like one moon night is supposed to be like doing episodes and like there's not going to be a uh, because of that timeline. Moon Knight wouldn't be finished by May 4th, like doing its like episode run. I think I think what I think is going to happen is we're going to get probably a trailer for a lot of this on May the 4th. Um I think and I think probably Bad Batch will what debut at the end of May, probably another one of these like star, probably like the like what the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones or something. We'll, we'll, like that'll be like the debut of the Bad Batch season two, something I don't want to say underwhelming, but just kind of like eh, like enough. And I could see I, I, I don't think they're gonna blow Kenobi easily. I think that I think that is their main thing, Star Wars wise, for this year. And you're not gonna get like like a debut or a premiere for that until like what Star Wars celebration later this year. I'm, I must not be a typical audience member because you are not, Chris. You are not. I couldn't for the life of me tell you what Moon Knight is, and I'll certainly not be watching it. It's Poe Dameron as Batman. <laughs> it, it's Poe Dameron as Marvel Batman. I've, I've certainly never heard of it, and I couldn't tell you what it's about, and I won't be watching it. And I think that there's some subset of the audience that that is largely the case for. And not only that, though, but if I did know what Moon Knight was and I cared about it, I could make time for, you know, two shows that have like six episodes each per season. I think that it wouldn't be a big problem for me to like fit those in my schedule if it actually mattered to me. Yeah, well, also in the U.S., we'll all be hollering at the Moon Knight when he's out. So we don't have time for anything like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Of course not. Yeah, I agree totally, Chris. Great. That was brilliant. Do you, do you guys remember, um, like, early, early, uh, I feel like early talk of the book of Boba Fett implied that it was only six episodes. Do you think there was a chance that this one that we just saw was sort of tacked on or, like, actually meant to be part of Mandalorian season three, but they didn't know how they were going to air them? Like, maybe for a time they thought they were going to alternate or overlap. You know, like, show, like, dramas in the 90s where they would have, like, spinoff shows, like, taking place simultaneously to other shows where, like, for one week he would, like, visit another show, a character. You mean like how on TGI Friday, like everybody visits every visit everyone else's shows, and then precisely it really messed with the whole Tommy Wiseau, um, Tommy Tommy Westfall. <laughs> yeah, the get your Tommy straight. That's a way different Tommy. Yeah, so like Mandalorian is like Happy Days, or like Laverne yeah, Shirley's yeah, yeah. gonna have a show. He's got all these different spinoffs and stuff. Yeah, I just I I feel like I definitely heard that book of Boba Fett was six episodes for a while. I'm almost positive. I heard Zach, that too. I still Zach think it's going to be this. six. I don't. I wouldn't even count this as in his book. His editor would be like, "This isn't even about you. Like your friend is in the end of it. Like what do you mean? Why is this in the in your book?" I'm pretty sure I remember Zach one time yelling vociferously about there being them adding an episode, or maybe that's just a fever dream. Was was this an hour ago? Was I yelling about this an hour ago? Because I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm just establishing that I'm not going crazy. So thank you. 
Okay, so like a further nerd complaints about this episode. Um, like did did you? It was perfect. Give Bryce Dallas Howard a movie. No, no, absolutely not. This was all done through like the visual effects coordinator and second unit by all absolutely. means. Absolutely, the only thing she should be doing is running away from dinosaurs. Exactly, with high heels on, according to her perfection. But what? But you know what you need to realize, which they've showed us explicitly, is that these episodes are animated down to the down to the composition of the shot prior to production taking place so what is a director on this it's probably something similar to what a director on a episode of the clone wars would have been like you can maybe massage the dialogue delivery to some degree but it it sounds like an animatic is essentially approved by the high ups before a single camera captures a frame but um aside from that like did you think it was kind of weird that like um, Pe- Pelimoto seems to have no no trouble contacting Mando to tell him about uh, local uh, classified listings for spaceships, but but uh, Fennec Shand has to like literally physically walk up to him to deliver a message. Maybe it's something to where he gives like his personal ID to certain people so that they can get in touch with them quicker because he's active because he's actively looking for a ship as opposed to not actively looking to work with Fennec Shannon and all them. Even though he'll do it for free. Yeah, because he doesn't want to do it for free. But he feels he needs to. Well, Boba Fett, as we've established, did do him a real solid by weirdly committing himself to his to Mando's cause of returning Grogu to his own kind for giving back his armor, which he stole back and wasn't given back to him. Yeah they, yeah, they have a weird relationship. That's right. But it's, you know, you're supposed to, it, it, it was very convenient at the time too. It's like, whoa, good thing Boba Fett's your friend because your ship just blew up that Hasbro just got sold uh, a bunch of. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing some funny nerd complaints since the last couple episodes. Like, have you, like, I saw one that was like, well, if if suddenly in, in canon Boba Fett's armor is actually Beskar, how come he's got a dent in his helmet? It should be basically indestructible. Why is there, what dented his helmet when, like when, uh, uh, what's his name? Cad, when Cad Bane shot, it should have dented that easily if it's, if it's Beskar. Hilarious. That fact that you are talking about that stuff. Well, maybe it's the same thing as like Bulletproof Best in the fact that like maybe they can be dented by like a physical object, but blasters and stuff like that don't affect them also as a side note for legal reasons i'm not saying to go try out bulletproof vests with knives yeah you know i'm glad you specified that because after our last episode four people contacted me saying they shot themselves in the foot because water did not stop the bullet (laughs) perfect awesome science (laughs) science everybody we have we have made it to science i'll stick with sand (laughs) gets everywhere Oh, jeez. All right. So I, I guess the I, one question I'll ask Chris, now that we have Mando's like customized Naboo Starfighter, when's the earliest that we get this as a toy, Chris? 2024, or 2025? I'm going with never. 
Really? Yeah. They could very easily charge a hundred dollars for this, and people would. No buy it. way. This that. is going to be out for I think when the Mando they're, they're going to do a line of Mando toys. They already know it works, and they can sell it. They'll be that little ship. It's a little smaller, a little easier than oh, having the mission to sell fleet? a razor crest. Like the little no, mission fleet ones. They definitely will because Grogu's going to be in that thing, and that 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 everything is all about him now. So if they want that back, they want a spaceship, Grogu spaceship playset they can sell for sure. I wa- I wasn't counting mission fleet. Mission fleet, hundred percent. You're getting it. What about Lego? Oh, yes, Justin. Thanks for thanks for bringing it up. Yes, Justin. Um, Justin? we 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 de- we de- I don't know why I'm referring to myself by my first name. That's even weirder. Uh, yes, Zinger. Uh, yeah, definitely gonna like get a Lego. Person, back. you're finally getting to. <laughs> well, did you? Uh, see sorry, I'm, I'm looking at Razor. I'm looking at my Razor Crest right now. Zinger, did you see it? They just like I don't know if it, I don't it had to be a leak. It's like the corridor with Luke Skywalker and the Dark Troopers. Well, there's supposed to be another like helmet set and they're actually doing a um the Luke's helmet for the X Wing and yep. Mando. Yes. So I'm excited. Excited. Zanger, how many Lego helmets. Titanics have you bought? Uh enough that I have almost a full scale model of the real Titanic. <laughs> Sadly, I'm throwing them all in the sea, so where they belong. They, they must go be with the other Titanic. So just real just because we're talking about toys, I have to ask Chris. Chris, what do you think about like all these weird like Boba Fett figures that like Hasbro is just kind of like like indiscriminately releasing, like whether it be through Walmart, Target is exclusives. And like I know like the like the collecting fan base is furious because like these things just randomly go up and they disappear. And then like e- and then even like the holiday, oh, not holiday special, the droids Boba Fett figure was like found in a, like a What's New the difference? Yeah, I, I know. Well, the gun is slightly different. It's not the weird like Mando gun. Like it, it's an actual, it's like his actual like blaster blaster. For the real ones like you and me, Zach, we already have that gun. So we just need the new figure. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but, but no, the fact that like, I know like even today, someone found one of those figures like on a shelf in Target and everyone's just like furious that they're releasing product to stores without like fulfilling pre-orders first. Like, like I got a like, droids 3PO uh, this weekend. I came across it at a local toy shop. I couldn't believe I actually saw one out in the wild. Those haven't showed up in Canada yet. I'm, I'm pissed off about that, but we'll probably get them at Toys R Us. But on, on the subject of the, so I believe they've announced two different three and three quarter vintage collection Boba Fett's that are broadly speaking related to the book of Boba Fett. One is basically the Mandalorian season two design. The other is closer to what you have in the current show. Isn't there like also like there's the Tython one from him, like it's the Cobb Vanth essentially armor. Yeah, so th- exactly. So basically you have, there's two, I think there's two only. It's three. No, because no, because technically there's three. There's Book of Boba Fett. There's like the rearmor version, like where he repainted the paint, like after Tython. Then there's the Tython armor where like, it's the really like beaten up, like sun bleach paint chip version. Like there's three different versions. I've only seen a comparison between two. Well, yeah, but apparently they announced a new one today because, like, I saw a bunch of stuff being like, yeah, Walmart pre-orders go live at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> if that's true, then they've announced three. They have. That, that are like, essentially the same without any of them having been released yet. Yeah, and, like, and there's no release date for any of these. Like, it's all just, like, to be determined. Uh, one of them has, like, Darth Maul pants, which I think is, like, the 
the season two Mandalorian one, which is like not great for a figure because it's like big plasticky pants that like mess with the leg articulation and they got rid of those for the man for the book of boba fett so those ones are better whichever one that's called whatever space planet is attached to the name of the, that figure the one without the weird extra pants blocking his leg articulation is the better one so don't get tricked out there guys go get that one because it has better paint apps anyway but but it's i love it it's funny to me because i was listening to to some of my other uh collecting focused podcasts Oh, the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, whatever that is. And the guys who like <laughs> who like the Black Series stuff are like, oh my God, these look better than the Black Series ones. And like hearing their sadness in that comment like like fueled my existence. Like I just loved hearing Black Series collectors being sad that the vintage collection looked better. I don't, if I see one of them, I'll probably get it. I don't need three different versions of this version of Boba Fett. I think well, okay, Chris. This is like as Chris and I talk privately about like Star Wars collecting, and like this is the question because obviously Chris is someone who doesn't really his focus isn't on the contemporary stuff as much as it is on things of yesteryear. But why is it that like I get it like pandemic supply chain blah 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 blah. But like there's so much just plastic that like Hasbro Mattel like oh god like Zenger can probably tell you the like Mattel. Or no, the McFarlane like multiverse DC stuff. That's just like like every single time I go to like a Target or a Walmart, there is new like DC McFarlane toys that are being sold, like are pretty immaculate. And they're being sold at a $20 price point and they're always being replenished. They're always on shelves. There's no like everybody is selling them. They're always well stocked. And yet you have like Hasbro kind of sitting there in the corner, like just kind of like with their thumb in their mouth. And it's like, like what? We got what two waves of black series this year like forget about vintage collection and it's like like why is it that like they cannot like clear like like there, there's there would have, they could have easily sold cases upon cases of like book of boba fett throne room black series for 30 dollars each there's no reason why this wasn't ready by like october it's great it's great that you brought this up so i have a toys r us story from literally oh today boy. that oh i'll boy. share oh with boy. you so like i was at toys i was at toys r us in in glorious canadiana today and uh, i went there and the the price of the vintage collection has gone up since i was last in the store so now with i i got a second ig11 because i wanted one to open you can see me messing around with that in the knights of vader facebook group i got a second ig11 vintage collection which by the way is better than the black series ig11 um 100 and uh, like i have a shade thrown yeah, I have a carded one here, but like this figure is nuts. Like it has so much going on for it. It's got all kinds of arm artic- articulation. The head is three parts. It's amazing. But the price I paid for it at Toys R Us was $28 Canadian, <laughs> like after Whoa. tax for a three and three quarter figure, which basically at this point, like th- there's no like, and and I know co- it, it's interesting because you're sort of getting a look into the production of these things as a consumer, because as far as R&D goes and development, like just designing the figure, a three and three quarter doesn't really, it's not any cheaper for Hasbro to develop a three and three quarter figure than it is a black series figure. The same work goes in basically so i for them it's an arbitrary consequence uh the price point because the plastic itself is like two cents of extra plastic whether it's a black series or three and three quarter it's the design process that caught in the mold right like the yeah yeah the mold right exactly so so i get it 
they should essentially be the same price because the difference in plastic is rather arbitrary cost wise. I prefer the three and three quarter stuff just because I like the card back design and the fact that it doesn't totally overwhelm your you spatially with it. But uh, but I but I mean even even with those sort of movie progression uh side oh man is there anything i'm gonna uh maybe create some enemies here but is i the fact that they made black series the new black series packaging this like connecting mural of the characters and i see so many people post their collections with this wall of continuing artwork is there anything like has a has this is like this is like a Darth Sidious level deception like nothing nothing like this is not what you collect action figures for a continuing printed picture across the packaging it's like a it's a crappy VHS box set when you do it like that it's like you're, you're not it, the whole por- purpose is lost this is Star Trek the the motion picture uh, five movies or six movies where they make the enterprise across the side like this is nuts you're talking about action figures that were designed from head to toe with f- probably 50 parts and you're collecting them to assemble a picture of the characters on the side no greater form of madness has ever been described this is just insane and there's no set number for each movie like you need to li- like for like i don't care if your marriage is going great seek counseling if you're doing if you're collecting this way and presenting them along this way because you need to get like you need to open these things up this packaging still like it like i'll give you this packaging is better than it used to be where it was this numbers like i felt like i felt like calling social services on the people who collected black series and just put the numbers in a row like those guys you got to watch out for but this is a little bit better than that but it's basically the same thing where they're trying to trick you with the packaging that you need every single figure because 10 percent of admiral akbar's arm goes on to the next card back this is ridiculous um the, the the figures are still better than the packaging so just buy vintage collection people but you go ahead zach i've been ranting for a, f- a couple minutes Chris, is there anybody buying Black Series for the packaging out there? Do you really think there's anybody buying it for that? Uh, I could send you photos you would not believe. I, no, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying that they're not enjoying it. I'm saying, are they buying? Like, is there a figure, like, in the middle of the, I don't know, Return of the Jedi, like, mural that they really don't want? They're just like, damn it, I got to complete the picture or else. Oh, you think they're playing into people's autism when they look at their their bookshelf <laughs> and they're missing, like, Greedo's left nostril or whatever? Like, no, they have to have them all. No. Russ, do you know what people you're talking about? Of course they're playing into that. It's 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 literally, like, liter- I'm talking 10%, if not less, of Admiral Akbar's arm goes on to the next figure. <laughs> and it's like... It's it's just it's criminal. It really is, and it, this is not action figure collecting. Like uh, like I understand vintage collection, mint on card collecting because you can. It's about the card art. You can at least see the figure. But like if you're lining up Black Series figures on a bookshelf so you can only see the side of the box. Like, listen, I know some of you guys aren't allowed on Facebook. Your, your parents won't let you on Facebook. Oh That's fine. But listen, if you're allowed on Facebook, I'm telling you, please, you can find me. Just find the Knights of Vader Facebook group. Message me. I will personally give you advice that you should not collect in this way because it is crazy. Just to establish, he's the one not posting Kramer memes. <laughs> not posting Kramer memes.
I've got the other more. thing is when you have all of the Black Series figures all together, it gives you a cryptic message that says, I have all your money. <laughs> Drink more Star Wars. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think the figures are good. I think it's funny that some people think the three and three quarter new Boba Fett's look better than the Black Series ones. Like that gives me joy. That uh, that brings joy, as you would say a couple years ago. But uh, but but seriously, don't collect in that way because, like, if you want to talk about artistry, it takes a, it takes a couple hours to make a a, a 2D picture of Aladdin Akbar in monochrome green. It takes a lot longer to make the figure. So, like, you know, you got to be looking at the right part of the artistry, guys. Oh, I think I see what you're talking about now that I'm Zanger, looking at Zanger's these. just, after 10 minutes, Zanger's <laughs> like, oh, so this is what you've been talking about. <laughs> He's going to start realizing he's missing a bunch of figures. That he <laughs> I mean, I know. Like, 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 wait a minute. Mural time. I'm getting on you guys. Zanger starts, starts hearing the Pokemon theme song. Gotta catch them all. Black Series on. <laughs> I, I got four and ten. Might be missing a few. <laughs> Zanger's looking at the armor and Bo-Katan in real time. <laughs> wait, well, hold on. Hold on. Wait, well, wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. See, look, I've matched up the arms. It works. Leave me alone. Zanger's just like sold. Sold. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I'll make him kiss. Zanger's been playing a lot of Halo Infinite. We had a Halo-ish location in this current episode. Oh, no. Not only do we have a Halo-ish location, during one of the championship games, we got our first look at a full trailer for Halo on Parent. It, I was like, this looks fine. Whatever. I Mandalorian did it better. Anyways. That is exactly the problem. This looks fine. What have we come to where that's our expectation? Listen, you need to set the bar low. When your toys make a mural and you're upset because they don't line up properly. I don't know where I was going with this, but I can hear Zach laughing hysterically in the background. I stand by my convictions. I don't have a single Black Series figure that is sealed in box with the mural packaging. Not one. All right. So, like, let's get it, not get it twisted. I'm pretty sure it would catch on fire if Chris brought into his house. But anyway, Zinger, you know, they must have clearly worked on this episode well in advance of the release of Halo Infinite. But I would, uh, but it would be, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that there are two things in this episode that are that that are shown on this sort of uh, Von Braun ring that are ring world that were also shown for the first time in Halo Infinite, which is pretty interesting to me. It's the the fact that you have this hyper active day night cycle, which was mm-hmm. never shown in Halo before, which is in Halo Infinite, where you see the sun, the sunrise and sunset moving over the ring super fast while Mando's walking, right? Like, so that's the, something they've, for in a Halo game, that's the the first time that happened was two months ago, which is an interesting timing to sh- see it in this episode like that, where they, they did put a lot of focus on the sort of horizon line moving really quickly as Mando was like limping through the streets. And the other thing was the sort of bottom of the ring that just dropped into space, which is the first time you saw it was in this new game too, which I, I just... It, no railings. Yeah, it did, it did seem mildly coincidental to me. And you do got to wonder because the idea of a Von Braun ring is that it, because it spins, it generates its own artificial gravity because the centrifugal force is sort of pushing everything from the center outwards. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if it's like a plausible science fiction design. Whereas Star Wars, you have things like the Death Star, which is essentially a, a giant skyscraper built 
level upon level where there's no adherence to the natural laws of physics whatsoever and grab they just have some sort of magical artificial gravity where everything goes down but it's it's just interesting to see something that's sort of well motivated scientifically speaking in star wars you know what i mean you know something else that is well motivated that goes along with the same premise as this nidavellir zach one of zach's favorite movies um infinity war had the, the the circle around a star used used to to smith great weapons such as Stormbreaker in 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 the titular movie Infinity War Avengers No Way Home. I'm glad anybody cares about what I said because <laughs> it's like I'm glad that my diatribe. Was, I I just wanted to get futile. in. I just wanted to get in the fact that. I, I wanted to get another reference. Chris, you, you must have known outside of Rob being on this call, no one was going to engage on you on with you on that level. You must have known that. No, I mean it's it's it is really cool. It's something to where scientific stuff like that is really cool to see. And it's something that I probably noticed subconsciously, but I wasn't paying super close attention because once again, I watch these at three in the morning. So <laughs> My alertness to detail is wavering at times. What I wanted from this was like, listen, in the old Republic, we didn't have artificial gravity. So we, this is the this space station is like 6,000 years old. And we had to use centrifugal force to generate artificial gravity in the old Republic. But now we figured it out. Don't be surprised if this is maybe a relic of High Republic era. Clearly, like they're doing that now, even with the Galactic Star Cruiser. High Republic era is too recently for uh, the discovery of artificial gravity. You, that's what you think until they decide to retcon. Yeah, but the artificial gravity applies to spaceships like the Millennium Falcon. Like you can't. Like, if they didn't have it in High Republic, it would be obvious already. Don't make me say the High Republic f- phrase that pays Star Wars without the wars. Wait, are they well, floating around really in the High Republic? I might no, actually start reading uh, these. A- actually, in the High Republic, um, oh, what is it? Hyperspace line lanes don't truly exist, and they're super dangerous to use. Well, that's the entire impetus. Is the, yeah, is the fact that like like the Mad Max guys like hijack hyperspace lanes. Ooh, get out of here, Sanger. Get out of here. I know, and if if I could, if if I could be convinced to care even a little oh, God. bit. Exactly. I'm making people bored just thinking Zanger, about what it. Is, Zanger, what's the next Star Wars book like, you're excited to read? Well, no, None. I, I, I want to say as far as that goes, like, even if you're super hardcore, you don't, uh, Star Wars fan, you don't really think about hyperdrive lanes ever to base an entire thing off of the concept of inventing those. Like, wasn't it glad those were invented? Like, oh, those, oh, those were invented? Weird, but that's a weird thing about like Disney era Star Wars that we never focused on prior. Was that like, think about like Solo's entire thing is about like, like the mapping run for like the Kessel Run. And then and there's the whole thing with like, yeah, like in Rebels, there was a big thing about fuel. Even I thought the, the ships were magic until then. Like, you know, I, I know they, <laughs> I know they stick hoses up to them and they got droids and stuff, but you never thought about it beyond that. You guys are, you guys are touching on something very important here. And you know, we have, if we go back to our original sacred texts, we have a line uh, related to, to, to hyperspace lanes in the original Star Wars, where it implies that it's not quite so easy that that whimsical 
Force-sensitive children should be making up these hyperspace lanes, where Han Solo says that without precise calculations, you could bounce into a star. So he implies that when you're traveling at light speed, physical interactions between objects matter. So it's like, basically, you should have a very precise calculation or you'll just be dead and you won't even know what happened. Well, yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. And that's the whole thing that happens even in the, The Last Jedi. Like, the whole idea that, like, the first order figured out how to like oh god what the 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 hyperspace tracking and like pretty much like figuring out like where the jump points were i just realized that what i said makes it reasonable that there was a physical interaction between uh what's her face from jurassic park and the snoke's star destroyer and that bothers me slightly Uh, I, I'm not Chris, laughing at Chris's line. I'm laughing at the zanger, the zanger laugh. Uh, Chris, are you calling out one of the Thrawn books with that statement about kids? Yes, I am. Oh, okay, good. Sky I was Walkers. like Skywalker. No, I was like, he's being very oddly specific with this, and if he's just doing this off the top of his head, my God, maybe he's force sensitive. No, I've you know, but you know, Zinger, I probably referenced it because I heard you talking about it, not because I read it. Oh, it's it's Ooh. probably me and Zach just rambling about the Thrawn trilogy, the good Thrawn trilogy at one point, and it, in some days of book reading, we're both Zinger, like, "Oh, it's awesome." Zinger, even though it doesn't exist and it's completely unsanctioned, the Zang Wars podcast. Really? Have you ever considered doing like the OG Thrawn trilogy? Oh my gosh, it's almost like if we actually covered the new Thrawn first book and graphic novel, it'd be great to talk about that at some point. That's way less interesting than the OG Thrawn trilogy. I know, but Ellie just has to read a goddamn graphic novel and I've read an entire book series twice. Okay, so... I, I hear you. I, I don't want to torture you guys any 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 further with sort of toy discussion, but I, I got to get one. Oh, my God. He's like, Zach, get a nerve. <laughs> I forgot this was toy. This was the toy section of the episode. We're, we're going to forget the throne. We're going to forget the throne stuff, but I got to bring it back to collectibles for one second because oh I got, I got to see. Yeah, because we're going to I, I, because I got to get this in before you guys ended abruptly on me because I start going on some political diatribe about like why the current narratives are like terrible but like i got the serious hookup because that so that has no talent guy that i got that chrome razor crest from it's the guy who keeps using your using the image repeatedly without ever crediting us yeah he put up these these black chrome dark troopers which are pretty awesome but uh but he posted them like you have to buy two or you don't get any so you had to buy two you had to buy two to get to get one to get any. So so good good buddy uh, from Acquired Taste Industries, another custom figure producer, went splits with me on one. And like I know you can't. It's hard to see it on this, but like this thing is definitely better than anything coming out from Hasbro these days. Like the details, amazing. The paint is beautiful. You have a sort of environmentally unfriendly, beautiful chrome effect on the thing. It kind of looks like how it does in the Mandalorian season two. And it's, it's five POA, but it just looks intimidating as anything. looks like a bootleg Vader figure that you'd see on some weird, uh, (laughs) on some weird Mexican packaging or something. (laughs) But what are the dark troopers besides bootleg Vader's, you know, dark swordmen or something. Correction. Bootleg Iron Man. (laughs) 
How much were these? Like, like how much was he charging for two? I think it was something like seventy-five dollars US. Yeah, uh, that's not horrible. for for but times two. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on a sec. So one hundred fifty dollars. You you got that right, sir. That is whoa. literally insanity. Whoa, that is, whoa, that is, whoa. So what Russ is trying to say is you spent seventy five dollars on that bootleg Vader figure. Hey, you know, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people. Plus, how much did that box of cereal cost you? I'm pretty sure it wasn't seventy five dollars. It was five dollars. This episode two cereal <laughs> will be eaten probably on this show, not by me, but maybe by someone at some point. At one point, we're gonna mash it up and put that in Zenger's like protein bottle. He goes to the gym. He's like, "Wow, this way tastes like this is not the way." Whoa! Russ, if you if you mail one fifth of it to each of us, I will reimburse you for the <laughs> for the shipment costs, and then we'll have a nice episode out of that. We will all get a collective episode of food poisoning on Knights of Vader <laughs> in roughly a month. I think I could be investigated by the FBI for sending this over <laughs> state lines and over Canadian border. Like you know, I don't know what is kind of ingredient is in this. This week on what Knights of Vader, crowdfunding Russ's bail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now that you mention it, a coworker once asked me to bring him back a box of Super Mario cereal from the United States back to Canada, and they the they dusted it and it had traces of explosives on it, so I wasn't allowed to bring it back. Perfect. Can we imagine what a 20 year old box of Attack of the Clones cereal has on it? Especially that Christopher Lee portion. Oh wait a second, that's Attack of the Clones. No, don't give that to me. Everything <laughs> I've said about, it, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be razor blades. Oh, but you'd love it. There's a clone helmet, marshmallow, a Yoda. No, um, it has to do with Attack of the Clones. Uh, now you get me some. Has a Sifo, has a Sifo-Dyas shaped marshmallow as well. <laughs> what is that? No, look that's like? the Yoda. That's the Yoda marshmallow that just melted <laughs> from time. So like, Yoda's supposed to be 900 years old, not the cereal. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Is it a paint job on that Dark Trooper, or is that actual plastic that's chrome? It's unlike anything that is currently being produced. It's definitely yeah, $75 a piece. It better be. No, I'm just asking if it's like if it's like a chrome paint job or it's it's a chrome paint job. It's not actually made of metal, right. but uh, it's like it's it's got that and it's got a secondary wash on it. I'll put a good picture of it in the Facebook group for those of you who are in there. And if you're not in there, you should join it. But yeah, it was expensive. What do you want? Do you want that or you want the 75th version of General Lando that they put out in 2011 and they're repackaging it? Excuse me. Excuse me. I am too busy buying copious amounts of Princess Leia from the Black Series. A New Hope. Which which one is that, Zach? I don't know. I've lost track of how many re-releases. There was an awkward version from like five years ago where she had like that like like puffy face. I want that version. The, the Power of the Force? Yeah. <laughs> The one Zach's talking about was like the first A New Hope Black Series Leia, which had a very hilarious face at first. But then they, they they said, you know what? You guys are right for memeing us so hard. So when they made the 40th anniversary collection, they changed the face so that it looked a little bit better. But since then, you know what would be inexplicable? If you if you made a face that everyone made fun of and then you, re- you fixed it, you made a whole new face and re-released that. And then you went back to the first one. Well, that's what Hasbro has done. I still like the fact they had packaging that actually says the word Skywalker 
I still like that that, that exists and I find it occasionally how many years later. I still can't get over how it's not just one typo in the name. There's two typos in the name. And somehow the quality control at that slip twice. Yeah, don't don't sleep on that figure though. If you see that for discount prices, guys, like yellow leather jacket Luke, like that's a pretty sweet figure. Like if you don't have it, it's probably worth having even in Black Series. All right, one final question about uh, the Mandalorian season three pilot. Um, at the end of the book of Boba Fett and chapters what seven, what do you think the uh, what? thing that's going to grab us be at the end of season one the mandalorian it was dark saber obviously we all know what the end of season two was what's going to be the thing in this that like grabs the audience java's on soul life what was your zanger what was your 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 joke of a one <laughs> why do you assume it was a joke but java's alive and and, okay. then, and, then, and then you hear the line no one's ever truly gone all right, uh, Ross, he's under you... the sand using the sarlacc as like uh, almost like a reed out of the of the water. He's breathing under there the whole time. Uh, what do I? I th- what, what do I think? Boba Fett is going to close a big thing. I think yeah, they're going to show no, the wait, rank Joe, or riding Joe battle. Had... I think it's going to be a Game of Thrones kind of good rank or ride battle. Watch. Joe had a good one. I don't know yeah. how they're going to do it. Well, they already said Harrison Ford's going to get de-aged. Oh, well, that's uh. the rumor. That's the rumor. The rumor is it's like what, we're just going to get rumor. de-aged like yes. original trilogy yes. end of all of these. Yes. And he's going to come back and he's going to help him out with the uh, the spice war. And, and, OK, Chris, what do you think? Gonna- I think unfort- for, for better or worse, they spelled it out for us in this episode. You know, for those of for those of you who followed along for years and years and years when when. Uh, canon mattered to some degree you'll you'll remember that 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 yeah you you know you'll remember that boba fett became mandalore in legends but but it wasn't it was a long while late in the game it was actually boba fett became mandalore in 45 after the battle of yavin he was like 70 years old and he became ruler of Mandalore. So I think that I think they're going to do that again. I think they're I think they spelled it out for us. He's going to ride the Mythosaur. He's going to rule the planet. He's going to have the dark saber. How we get to that point, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that's where this is going. What the be Boba Fett, not not Din Djarin? I think they've they've spelled out for us that it's Boba Fett. Yeah. I th- I feel like that's where the, what this episode did. But he doesn't sell as much merchandise as Chrome Boba Fett. Well, hold on a second. So wait, is is the armor going to look at him and be like, have you ever removed your helmet, Boba Fett? And he's just going to sit there, like have like mental flashbacks to like the 15 million times he's removed it and go, yeah, never. The nice thing, the nice thing about the armor is that she's the leader of a cult who has two members. <laughs> <laughs> And, I mean, wait, before we move, I thought she said three or one point or that the Vizsla guy says there's only three of us left. And I'm like, well, where's the other one? Mando. Mando Mando. She was counting. He was counting Mando. OK, this yeah. is before he got besmirched and was and was labeled a heretic. Also, Cast it out. Let's let's go out on a limb and say there's an edgelord ultimate death dealer version. Third Mandalorian who is like really extreme. Even then. It's so great that her cult only has three members left. Well, here, here's the other thing. I mean, it's more than Bo-Katan has. 
is it though? Isn't the same amount? Like it's like it's like a rival cult of three people. Like it's always three. They are (laughs) (laughs) a guy, two chicks, sometimes a guy and another guy and a chick. Oh my but God. never okay. three guys and never three chicks. How is the race supposed to move on? Oh my God. Um, I well, I, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I would love to happen to follow the um Katie Sackoff Bo Katan model. I'd love to see Amelia Clark like 40 years later in continuity, just looking the exact same way she did like a hole in it. I Kristen Ford just like looks completely different from Alden Aaron, right? Which I know Chris has brought up numerous times. I really just want to see Kira like look identical as she does, like in solo, like as like a child on Corellia. I'm I'm calling it now. I agree with Zach. I think we're getting her reveal at the end. At the very end, the pike, like Phil Lamar Pike like turns on the hologram and it's going to be her sitting there. It's going to be her there telling, and she's going to ignite a lightsaber for some inexplicable reason. And she'll tell him there'll be a twist. Like it's like poetry. It rhymes. And she'll be like, bring the ship to death. Amir. And it'll be that same, like weird, like space taxi that all the other pikes came on. Like what was it? Like three chapters ago. You'll be a robot legs. It's like, (laughs) this will be as a big of a dud as solo where you're like, wait, what? She's going to say, I, it was supposed to be Darth Maul, but he put an for, unfortunate picture out on social media. Uh, Wait, is there going to be a point where they start connecting this? Like, do you remember what, like, John Favreau-Lorian said, that, like, at some point this is all going to, like, connect to the First Order? Like, are we going to get, like, baby Dom Hall Gleason, like, running around? Like, like, come on, just give me some baby, like, General Hux. Like, you need Daddy like- Hux, probably. Yeah, no, I, they're they're often they're often nowheresville outer. I mean, out, unknown region. Did you not read aftermath? Don't. <laughs> okay, how about this? How about this? Are we gonna get a point where like we're like Mandalorian goes and visits uh, Big Whiskey and Luke Skywalker, and we see like like kid Kylo Ren sitting there like flicking a lighter? <laughs> like, are we gonna see that? <laughs> and like he's like in like Din Djarin, like it's like like he does like, a double take. It's like. <laughs> just like continues the walking. I feel like the fact that they incorporated uh, Luke's body double in this most recent episode is like a signal of some kind. I feel like if that was just like a a hookup to that guy for for getting all for doing all that work and not having his face on screen, I don't know if it would have been as emphasized. I think they're trying to say something with that. I think he's still in the mix. Oh, Chris, come on! Like considering how like. unanimously like well-received like Luke Skywalker was there's no way they're not going to start leaning into this like like think about that like we had Tarkin we had Leia nobody like yes like what was the joke that Russ made like over a year ago somehow it looks more authentic than Mark Hamill did in the holiday special (laughs) Like, like come on like the technology is only getting better like I think it's a fait accompli like I don't, I don't agree with it, but like, yeah. Well, I don't agree with it either, and I think that you can make all the jokes you that you want, but like he did, he looked a mate. Like I'll go as far as on par with the holiday special, Mark Hamill. <laughs> the CGI creation almost looks as bad as a horrible makeup job in the late seventies. Still 70s. flying half a Mark Hamill. It's like, okay. <laughs> all I hope is we get another like forty-five minute long clunky documentary of like Mark Hamill wearing a black tablecloth, and they're like, yeah, no, he was there. He was definitely there. See, he's holding the sideshow prop like he's there. Trust us. I don't. 
All right, final question to end this week's episode on. Who would win in a fight, Bo-Katan or the Armorer? Bo-Katan would definitely get her ass handed to her. Okay. Um, Joe Yazzo, who would win in a fight, Katie Sackoff or Emily Swallows? Swallow? Swallows? I don't know. Is it plural? Swallow? I hope it's Swallow. (laughs) <laughs> that might be edited out that might have to be trying to be so down. good I'm just be quiet <laughs> he's trying to eat me <laughs> oh my okay, Joe's that was going a to perfect abstain. clip it's the latter <laughs> Joe's going to abstain from that question Chris who would win the fight Bo-Katan or the armor um, well we've already seen the armor survive a virtually unwinnable scenario so I'm going to go with her because she has plot armor Oh, dang it. He took my joke I was going to make. I'm like, wait, which one has plot armor for this particular episode? But but, but Katie Sockoff has the uh, power of immortality. Due to my strict uh, consumption of social media, I think Katie Sackhoff has publicly contemplated ending her acting career, and I think that has fed into the narrative of The Mandalorian Season 3. I got a detox for you, Chris, for for that kind of diet. By the way, I saw I saw a retweet of a tweet. What can you do? <laughs> Goes right past it. Goes right past it. Russ, thoughts? All right, I'm taking uh, Bo-Katan because she has a jetpack and blasters, and the armor has tools. And if they're gonna fight, why fight fair? <laughs> no, imagine what she's using tools to do this damage. Imagine if you gave her a real weapon. What she could you do. melted That's all the good the ones down. It's not fair. So like, she no. melted the spear. Yeah, to turn it into some toy for a kid. Yeah, go through this. BA uh, is that? Zenger's like, you know how much that thing is worth? I can get like $450 <laughs> on eBay for it. I could dent Boba Fett's helmet with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's how a guy dented it. He's truly a real Mandalorian. He got whacked with a goddamn Beskar spear. Best spear. <laughs> You got wet with a best stick. It's too dangerous to be kept alive. We better melt it down. <laughs> what are we going to do when like Sabine shows up in all this, like in 10 years in the Osoka series? She has too much pathos now. Like she's literally the her arbitrarily giving the dark saber to Bo-Katan is the whole cause for the siege of Mandalore. Yeah. It wasn't her entire like plot arc in rebels that like she felt bad for like abandoning her family. Cause like she created like weapons for the empire. Nuclear yeah. weapons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she really dung goofed which really like the the the, the k2so cameos can we just briefly talk mm-hmm. about terminator oh, star great. wars great stuff loved it everything about that scene loved it nice callback to them the interesting thing about that is it's more <laughs> of a it's more of a callback to terminator 3 than any other terminator kind of that's the strangest thing it really is a terminator 3 callback yeah like it's it's like a wide shot with a obviously cgi t-800 marching along the landscape and shooting at literally nothing and also can we get some real skulls in this field like oh you've got mandalorian helmets and the wreckage like luke luke picks up and uses a skull as a weapon in Return of the Jedi. Can we get some real skulls just so I feel the gravity of the situation? But anyways, we got Mandalorian helmets because that suffices for skulls in the Disney area, as we've seen yeah. in Mandalorian Season 1. But, you know, I the Siege of Mandalore montage, which, by the way, consists of two shots. All amazing. Got tie bombers! You have two shots of Imperial uh, assets facing no resistance of any kind, 
they're flying over and they bomb this whatever whatever the heck this big structure is on Mandalore, which the name of it I can't remember from Rebels. Uh, you know, you baseball stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's where the Bengals uh, won. Yeah. But uh, you don't see any. You don't see any resistance. You see these K2SOs shooting at literally dirt on the ground. They're walking in slow motion. They're shooting at nothing. It's like that's a Terminator Three reference. I here's what I don't like. Terminator Three, the best Terminator movie. But besides the point. You don't. You don't. You don't see. Cinematis is winning, everybody. We've converted a third, much like the armor, to our cult. Zach, I already believed that before I listened to that episode, but you don't know how happy it made me. But anyways... um, Zach is having a stroke. Zach is not going to survive to the Super Bowl. But honestly, this is like, if they wanted to do a deep cut Terminator reference, they would have had a practical K2SO foot stomping on a skull. But they weren't... No, on a helmet! They weren't brave enough to do that. So they did CGI K2SOs like Terminator 3. I'm... I like I listen Terminator Three good, uh, lack of subtlety in your references not good. That's what I have to say about that scene. It was almost right, like I, the moment of the Tie Fighter in, in the sun in uh, the Force Awakens. Would have been Force Awakens, yeah, exactly. It was a little on the nose, yeah, for sure. But All skulls right, are too I, spooky for Star Wars. Anyway, moving on. I I got one more thing, Zach. I know you're gonna. I, I'm 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 gonna. Football reference. I'm gonna lateral you the ball. Oh, Hopefully, no. you can throw a touchdown with this. What would have been better? Think, think, Zinger. What would have been better to have seen there instead of tie bombers? Oh, Star Destroyer in atmosphere. Doing what? Uh, orbital bombardment to the city. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Why do I not have that? Good thing we've had an orbital bombardment by uh, Star Destroyers in the last six months. Oh, but a good one, like live action. I need to see it. But Zenger, Zenger doesn't like Venators. He doesn't think they're sexy. No, they're not. We need we need classic Star Destroyers blowing the crap out of something. Give me that. They're definitely better than Imperial Light Cruisers, though. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just blo- I, yeah technically, we got an orbital bombardment. They blew up a ship. Whoop-de-doo. Orbital bombardment by a Star Destroyer will blow up a city. Yes. R.I.P. Camino. Yeah. No, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else about the season three pilot of the Mandalorian? No, but I would like to emphasize how much Zinger's most recent comment really encapsulates the plight of the ignorant Star Wars fan. Like he literally got exactly what he wanted and he's still disappointed. <laughs> What is that thing I found? Like, it's that, like, like, oh, God, like Chiron for, like, Fox News. It was, like, study, colon, Star Wars fans, impossible to please. And it's, like, can't really argue with that. Like, giving them exactly what they want, silver platter, yet still complaining. Hey, hey, we, we have established. We get the Star Wars we deserve. We have established I had the best week ever, and yet I still find a way to complain and poke holes in it. Oh, God. All righty. Rush, Joe, any other parting thoughts? No, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I can't <laughs> wait to see more Book of Boba Fett. This is what we've been talking about all night. Anything, Joe? Uh, actually, you got it. You probably got it right there on the head right there. You're going to see King Booba on the throne like uh, King Conan at the end of Conan when he was sitting there by himself on the throne. Hmm. 
Does he? Does Boba Fett take a wife in Legends, Chris? Doesn't he? It was the '90s, so I don't remember. Okay, that, it was okay. Twilight. <laughs> no, that fat dancer survived the the sail barge for sure. Also, so maybe she couldn't come to play. Exactly, fact. But he did become Mandalore at like age seventy four. So like, I think that's what's coming. There's time. He still has time. He has time. Oh dear. All right. So he has time. He has time. (laughs) He has time, but we don't. So conclude this episode of the Knights of Vader Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. But if your parents won't allow you, check out the Instagram account at KOV Podcast, run exclusively by Chris Porteous. Could you imagine parents who let you on Instagram but not Facebook? One's worse. Yes. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Folks, Rob was supposed to be part of this recording. Can we only imagine where this conversation would have gone if Rob were here to scream about? Lord knows what he was, what, Chris, excited to talk about? He, he seemed in, like, like looking forward to this discussion until... Yeah. He, he ran seemed, out of credits for his phone bill. He seemed generally positive, but you know, Rob, as 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 regular listeners will know, Rob was very entranced by the mere fact that Boba Fett was riding a bantha in the previous episode. So, like, <laughs> let's take let's take that with a grain of salt. Hey, you're not wrong. All right, if you want to hear more of me, check out the Cinema Oddities podcast, where we finally released our Matrix Resurrections episode. I hope Chris is happy at the three, nearly four hours of Matrix talking in that one discussion. But when you're not listening to Knights of Vader or Cinema Oddities, Chris, where can people find you? Follow the uh, Knights of Vader account on Instagram, which is at KOV podcast. And I know Zach doesn't uh, harp on this much and maybe he won't like me mentioning it, but would Uh it kill you guys to just hook up a nice, positive uh, Apple podcast review for Knights of Vader? You should probably do that if you like the show. That's all from me. All righty, Justin Zanger, when you are not rooting for the Bengals, where people find you? Uh, you can find me listening to Bengals Booth Podcast. I don't know if it's a good one. I was just looking up Bengals Podcast. <laughs> so check that out. I, I guess you can listen to Zanger. You find out like it's a bunch of like like people who have uh, like salacious opinions about things and Zanger just gave them a free shout out. Yes, yeah, so it's yeah. a racist Bengals podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. I was going to say the Pat McAfee show, but I've already given them enough shout outs. And like he well, god dang needs it. He doesn't like, think of Spotify. No, not I've, Spotify. I have it's, never it's, it's seen the other one on I've Never seen a tiger striped Confederate flag before. This is a very interesting <laughs> show. So I'll check it out. Uh, no, you, you can of course find me on Zingness. You can find me rooting for the Bengals at my office, not at the Super Bowl. God, I wish. Uh, go fund me. Get get Zinger to the Super Bowl. Never too late to donate 20 bucks to the Zanger. <laughs> Need to go. <laughs> Zanger, when we get in that no way home discussion. Uh, as soon as we get the Thrawn discussion, which is Russ, what is the Unbelievers podcast up to this February? Uh, we will be returning soon, so check out Unbelievers podcast. Our, we've recorded our first episode for this year. It's coming out really soon, and check it out. Uh, I don't, I can't see what it's about, but it's a mystery. Actually, actually, I do have a shout out to give. Thank you, Russ, for reminding me. Check out Adventure Beast on Netflix. Check it out. Watch it. Give it some thumbs up. 
Uh, Russ knows Smash that runner, download button. Showrunner Brian Frangie. Yes. Yep. Yes, yep, host yep. Of give give him some. Yeah. Yeah. Russ wouldn't be here without that man. Well, I mean, he might be. Who knows? <laughs> Absolutely not. So definitely. <laughs> All right, Joe. What are you up to? I'm waiting for the next episode of Book of Boba Fett. We'll see if that Bantha comes around. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the Bantha calling. story has ended. But but will Boba Fett be writing it though? I don't know. Maybe the Bantha will have babies. He's Ranker now. He's gonna ride that thing like a mythosaur. Where's Danny right. Trejo? Who okay, right. real quick. Who are we in the fight? Yeah, the armor ride or Danny Trejo? Trejo. Danny Trejo. He's got machete. With or without the Rancor. Let's give him. Let's give him a handicap. Let's say without the raincore. He still has machete. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the arm. The armor has plot armor, so she wins. But real quick, never forget the fact that there's a video game out there where you play as Malakili and you ride the raincore who has rocket launchers mounted on his back. Perfect. Uh, also, I'm a uh, two, two to one odds that that raincore eats the bantha. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I this thing got dark. Sad note. Why are you writing this episode on a sad note, Zanger? The Tatooine circle of life. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. All righty. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, Russ, play us out. <laughs>